I guess I'll say the stuff. That's fine. Uh, for, for example, you are listening to the Gimme Five Podcast, episode two forty, two four zero, two hundred and forty. Thanks, Shatner. Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things, especially this week. I think this is a side A episode. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all side A episodes lately, but we are going to talk about pop culture. I think there's some entertainment news. There's a lot of entertainment news. Uh, we've got movies. Is it just movies this week? I think it's just movies. This I week. believe so. Yes. Um, Florida. Whatever else may have caught our eye. Because there's so much weird stuff going on. Uh, my name is Gizmo. They call me Gizmo. And I'm joined by Spike. <laughs> bright light, bright and light. Greta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this week, we're going to talk about Metal Lords. We're going to talk about um, the new uh, Dumbledore movie. I think it was Dumbledore Takes Manhattan. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I was not expecting that. I was like cuz I was like, "Oh wow, he actually knows the name." Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> Maybe I saw the wrong movie. Uh, I don't I don't know. Dumbledore don't know. takes um, and and we're going <laughs> to we're going to revisit everything everywhere all at once because uh yeah. There's a lot Omar a finally lot got going to see there. And I was there's, right, right? There's a lot to unpack in We'll get movie. to it. I don't. I have so many comments, but we'll get to it. Spoilers. So uh, we actually have no idea what we're talking about at any given time at all ever. So we may spoil something, or we, but if we do, it's completely by accident. Because if you've listened already to the first five minutes or so of this, actually it's only been about three minutes. Uh, you can very clearly see that we don't know what we're talking about. So at your own risk, we listen. And you'd be like, well, maybe that was a spoiler, but that seems like a stupid idea. Uh, you don't know. We don't know. So we're, we're, we're getting through this together. <laughs> together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, news. There's Books, a lot. There's, yeah. There's a couple of things. Um, the, the trailer for season four just dropped uh, within uh, the last couple of days of Stranger Things. And I had, I think I had you guys both locked What'd in you guys before think? we started recording. It's true. I, holy shit, I can't wait for this. It the the trailer looks. They did a great job with the trailer, and I am so hyped to see the season. I can't wait for it to drop. It do, it drops uh, May twenty seventh, by the way. That's soon. Next month. Now I know I believe because of pandemic they things were postponed a little bit and I was a little concerned that the kids were gonna all hit that point when it's like you know they go from 
cute little kids to awkward puberty beasts. Mm-hmm. And that you're going to see them be like, whoa, wait a second. Why is 11 he a- particularly looks significantly older. I will say yeah. that. Yeah, but it's not terrible. Um, like, they just look a little bit older, but it's not like... I, it, it's believable. Like, it works. I I hope that they've got them actually in high school, because that's what they look like. Yeah, that's that's a thing. There is always that, you know, in some 80s movies, because uh, sequels didn't come out quite as soon after the movie, mm-hmm. where the kids got, like, real old. And I can't picture any right now, but it was like, whoa. That is not the little voice that I heard before. Yeah. Or they're, like, in eighth grade, and you can clearly see that they're shaving uh-huh. every morning. Yeah. The, I, I watched the short version of the trailer, like the only the, minute, the... minute and something. It was maybe minute, 10 seconds or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited about it anyway. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I thought season three was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super game. I'm super I game really for this. I really enjoyed the entire I'm, I'm like really excited. Yeah, I think we're at the point where we can trust them. Yeah. Sometimes when there's a show that's that way out uh, paces the popularity that you think it's going to have, like season one, you can be like, uh-oh, what are they going to do season two? And then this one, season one, two, and three have all been good. So and I, I do think. And I will okay. say that I do think this is the final season. They've split season four up into volume one and volume two. And the way that the trailer makes it sound, it makes it sound like this is it. This is the this is the final season. Now that could change. I mean, it could be different. Yeah. I've been wrong before, although I was oddly right on one of the other Netflix shows that I really enjoyed, which was Another Life. I did hear that that was actually wait Another Life, the one. Um... Yeah, With yeah, Kate that's Zachoff. right. That was canceled. That was a good show. Yeah, I heard that. I heard it was canceled. I liked it, but I liked where they left it off because they wrapped it up thinking that, you know, not knowing what, what the future held. And I hate it when they don't wrap it up thinking they're going to do another season and then it gets canceled. And then it's like, well, shit. <laughs> uh, there was another trailer. There was. Today. Uh, we record on Mondays, though, currently. And tra- the trailer just dropped today for Thor Love and Thunder. And yet again, Taika Waititi, uh, you've outdone yourself. It looks crazy. It looks fun. There's a lot of a lot of callbacks to the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, got just as excited to see this as I was for Ragnarok, and Ragnarok I was super excited for. Um, I don't know that I'm as excited for this one as I was Ragnarok, but we'll. I mean, we'll see. It, it could end up being just as great. Mm-hmm. Um. Although Ragnarok is really good, I really like watching Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok had the had the the Hulk reveal in the first trailer. The like, yes, when he realized, you know, that he was going to be fighting his buddy from work. Mm-hmm. So that it's going to be hard to beat that. But Thor has a very long, and I'm talking just comic book wise, not obviously God wise, Norse God wise, has a very long. History and some of the it was like kind of the weird side of what Marvel was comics. Thor in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a dude that's Thor like half in general Thor's. was like the weird. What? Thor. It's yeah. Okay. It was kind of like the weird cosmic side of the Marvel universe because they would pull these crazy ideas from Norse stuff and put it in comics, and people don't back then didn't know. You know, I'm talking about 70s, 80s, 60s, whatever. 
didn't know that, that some of this stuff was like real in in uh, history, and uh, it would be you know it was just kind of, they, I mean there's a giant horse guy, you know there's a a thing called the goat boat, which is a boat that's being flying because of magical goats. That's weird. Um, there is some there is a shot of a giant I don't know like this white skeletal dinosaur looking creature this huge mm-hmm. beast in the shot that is um he is actually a god not a monster he was kind of one of thor's buddies uh, and his name is falgar the behemoth and the fact that that and that shot is exactly taken from a comic book and mm-hmm. like i mean the only difference is korg standing on the little mountain with thor um so if you look it up, it's actually really cool the way they did the shot. Uh, in the actual comic book, they say Thor is like shocked that he's dead. He's like, as he used to, he used to uh, something like wrestle with black holes for fun or something like that. So obviously an immense power. Um, and they're showing that there are gods getting killed. And that makes sense because if you saw the, did you see the toys that were released and some people have been finding in stores already? I've only seen the Thor one. And I, when I saw that, I, I immediately went to my target just to see if they were there, and they were not. Yeah, so some people accidentally put it out on the shelves. I believe they're coming out at the end of this month. And one of the characters that did get released was uh, called Gore the God Butcher. So that Uh-oh. makes sense that there are gods dying. Uh, and you get to see Jane as Thor. So Natalie Portman is making was that, her return. Was that her at the end? It was, with the biceps and all. And this also comes from the comic where there, you know, Thor is a title, less so than a name. And for, I would say, the early part of the 2010s, Jane was actually Thor. So I'm kind of intrigued. Nice. She was the mighty Thor, is when they changed a lot of the characters around. Probably, and to be honest, I'm pretty sure they changed all the characters around because they could put them in a movie, just because all the contracts were, were starting to... Uh, you know, in the comics, they, it doesn't cost them any money to change someone around. Right. So if the contracts start winding out and the guy that plays Thor is like, I don't want to do it anymore, be like, oh, well, you know, we did introduce this character a decade ago. Let's uh, make that happen. But check it out. If you look up uh, Love it, Thor Love and Thunder trailer, it will be the first thing that pops up on YouTube. Oh, oh, yeah. And Zeus shows up in there. Oh, really? Uh, which, Yeah. Um, which could mean that we could see Hercules, because Hercules is actually a member of the Avengers in the comics of the 80s. But Zeus was actually played by Russell Crowe. Oh, was that Russell Crowe? I think yeah. we only saw his back. I kind of thought it was... Back, I kind of thought it casting, was Thor, I guess. Where he holds up the little tiny lightning bolt, or mm-hmm. like the very narrow lightning yeah, bolt. Yeah, the metal one. Yeah. That's pretty That's cool. Zeus. So... All right. Uh, who wants to be depressing? Depressing. Yeah. The rest of the news is all depressing. Omar is kind of depressing. Um, Yeah. Well, a couple of deaths, right? Um, Gilbert Gottfried died. I want you to read the bad news to me in a good way. And then (laughs) maybe it won't seem so bad. That that feels wrong. You fool! Doing that. (laughs) I I wouldn't even know how to go about that. Um, but from what I read, that wasn't necessarily a surprise. Hadn't he been sick for a while? I don't know if it ever came out 
I think he event. was, but I don't think oh, it was something it. that okay. was public knowledge. Right. And then, um, okay. So, question about Gottfried, okay? Because I'm I'm seeing, you know, you know, of course, the usual, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way or in a flippant way, but you know that for those who don't know, he's Gilbert passed away. Gottfried he's he's a away. he's yes. a pretty famous comedian. Uh, for those that don't know who he is, huh? He's Iago. He's Iago. Oh, that's right. He was Iago from, from Aladdin. Aladdin. That's right. Aladdin. He, he was, he was the, the Affleck, Affleck duck. duck. But that's what I was going to say. Not Affleck. Is he... The Affleck then duck then was, is something different. Then there was exactly. Some what do you think about... Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've seen... I've You know, not in person, but I've seen some of his stand-up. Um, you know, there are some different controversies with him. What do you guys think about him? I was never a huge fan of his comedy, yeah. to be honest. I didn't really follow his comedy. I mean, I liked his, uh, I liked his Iago, um, and he definitely had a very distinctive, for sure, voice. I mean, you couldn't, you, you couldn't know exactly who it is when you hear him. If he was yeah. playing like, a character or whatever, it, exactly. You know. Now I know, yeah. where, I know where you guys are going to go with this, but do you ever like randomly Google certain things periodically that you're like. You go like you know once every two three years. Like one of the things I've googled is like Gilbert Godfrey's real voice. Like is he is the whole thing an act? Because I've never heard his real voice, or have we only heard his real voice? I heard an interview with him. Like I forgot what podcast recently, but recently in the last let's say six months, I I couldn't get through it because of his voice. Uh, it's so that I think it's a, it's a or little bit exaggerated on the stage, but that's pretty much his real voice. Like that's how he talks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, it was just, it was hard to sit through and listen to, like in the car. No, Bob he's got a very normal that's voice. Not his real voice. No. Yeah. And um, Sam Kinison, that was, <laughs> was actually rage. Just cocaine. It was, it was, it was rage <laughs> and cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, oh. I saw a meme recently <laughs> where there's a picture of him yelling, and then it said, "Anyone who knows who this is." can hear this picture <laughs> because you can like yeah. yeah no joke yeah but um yeah i don't know i mean gottfried was i uh, personally his stand up was he was very outrageous and that's fine i'm cool with that i'm I, that, I have no problem with that um i don't even remember what the I, I don't remember either was but he was the he was the first comedian that did 911 jokes like that's that true. week was that, was that the, the that wasn't the Affleck thing though? Oh, he he did no. He that, did I don't joke. think that was what Affleck. I think the Affleck one had before. to do with. Was that was that one about like gay or transgender or something like that? Like LGBTQ? No, no. I don't think so. Because the the nine eleven thing was him at a charity event. He said something about like the airplane stopping at the certain floor of the twin towers or something like that. <clears> I, I don't. Want to yeah, but it's true. It was literally that week. And his whole thing about it was, it, it's never too early, you know, to make a joke about something. Yeah. It's another one of those where, like, it wasn't all that funny. Like, it, yeah. was, it was an easy joke that, I don't know. Oh, apparently it was, um, he made jokes about, uh, he made tsunami and earthquake jokes after Japan was hit with uh, those big ones. Oh, uh, the with the nuclear power plant and all? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. None of these things happen in a 
vacuum either. When you're when you're a major company like Affleck, mm-hmm. and you're hiring a comedian, it's not like there's not a contract because there's a contract for what I can say, you know, to quote unquote press, and I'm nobody. So, so you you're very well aware of what you're doing. I don't yeah, think exactly. any of this stuff is a surprise. Yeah. And again, that I mean, something like that. Uh, My contract down. actually says I'm not allowed to hang That's out with Rob. Solid. So, well, yeah. I mean, technically, we're not really hanging out. I mean, this is <laughs> like a phone conversation, kind of. Yeah, periodically, yeah. That's fair. By the way, I'll so. I'll be stopping by tomorrow. <laughs> I'm busy. I have a thing at that time. <laughs> oh, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly when you were thinking of coming. I'm definitely yeah, have a you're thing. You're gonna have a thing at that time. <laughs> exactly oh. when you were thinking of. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's funny. I snorted. <laughs> you did. I snorted. We made Omar snort. Snorted. Yay. Okay. And uh, what do you? What is Seinfeld's mom's actual name? Um, that's a good question. Oh God. Research department. I'll look it up. Well, whilst you guys are talking, um, no, it was um Liz Sheridan. Yes, Liz Sheridan, who played Jerry Seinfeld's mom. So the Seinfeld's mom, the Seinfeld moms passed yeah, away like crazy. within a week of each other or something, didn't they? Yeah, that is wild. Rest in who. Peace. Uh... Wow. Uh, Jerry, she was 93 years old. Jerry was like, said it was awesome to, uh, uh, to work with her. And, uh, but we might, the people our age might know her for another reason. Do you remember the first time you ever saw Liz Sheridan? No, I do not. She was Raquel Akmanik, the neighbor of Alf that was constantly oh trying God, to catch him right. by looking through the windows. Oh. That's crazy. I forgot about that. Yep. I, and I, that name, I was like, man, I know that name. What? And she had a cat. Or no, no, she didn't have a cat, but she was... Uh, on a couple occasions, if I remember correctly, she like caught Alf trying to eat Achmonic. cat. That's right. Oh, my God. That blew yes. me away. That's crazy. I haven't heard that name in, you know, whatever decades. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, go watch some episodes of Science Old and Alf <clears throat> on her behalf. Okay. Onward. Uh, speaking of people that eat cats, what do you have to say about Florida? <laughs> Wait. What? <laughs> Who's eating what? Um, what was our Florida story this week? Uh, I don't know. You're you're in charge of the Florida story this week. So did someone yeah, eat something they weren't the supposed Florida to? Story up. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm. I'm. Where? 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 Where was it? I saw it earlier. I'm. I'm slow today. Is it Spider Man? It was the guy? one in the Discord, right? Where is it? Where'd he go? Yep. So, so uh, this is us this being is very, very. Uh, this is good radio right here. Yeah. So it's going to be a guy that saw Spider Man, uh, two hundred ninety-two times in theaters. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's the one I posted in the chat. And- well, okay. Here's what we'll do. So you are hearing about a chat. There is a Discord chat. Son of a bitch. Uh, that you can get into <laughs> by being a cover. patron. I can't find it. Okay, hold on, Florida. I'm gonna do and it real quick. It's I'm in the this week's episode. The wrong place. Room. So uh, if you are a patron, you can actually get into mm-hmm. our chat. Now you can't see that room because that's the room where we discuss what we're going to do this week, so that we are very well re- well prepared when it's time to record. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, <laughs> Shit. Rob's name is not at the top of the Mind script. <laughs> but it could be if you type <laughs> change it right now. Uh, no, so we have a we have an awesome group of patrons. They uh, pay five dollars a month, and they get a bunch of benefits. Um, they get to know the question of the week before we actually record it, so that they can chime in. They get to know some of the stuff we're talking about. Uh, they get to know who which celebrity died this week because there's someone in there that always tells us. Thank you, Kerwin. Um, Kerwin, the, the town celebrity death crier. The, the death crier, yep. Yeah. Um, and they get to know which celebrity is going to die because we have uh, Rob, the death Nostradamus, mm-hmm. the accidental death Nostradamus, um, where he's not allowed to speak about any yeah. old celebrity because... You know, just don't mention him. anyone ever, Rob. It doesn't matter. Their age doesn't... Yeah. We're all afraid of you. We're so all afraid of you, okay? You made your point. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, check us out at patreon.com slash kitb5podcast. Did I did. run enough cover for you? Thank Omar's God. health concerns me. He says to the guy <laughs> that... You keep saying his name. Just eats fried food all day. Thanks. <laughs> 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 well, speaking of fried food all day... Oh, there it is. <laughs> Um, a Florida man named Ramiro Alanis, this has nothing to do with food, <clears throat> saw No Way Home in theaters 292 times, starting December 16th, Wow! and he finally stopped March 15th. So the total runtime for that is 720 uh, hours. So he spent basically an entire month of his life watching the same movie over and over again. Um, he thinks he spent around $3,400 total. He really I mean, it's just so much. Movie, so this is a Guinness Book of World Records thing at this point. All right. Um, well, he was the one that saw the Avengers that many times, the Endgame, and then his record got beaten, and he wanted it back. Oh. Okay. Well, apparently he it was um for 3 months until theater stopped showing it, he watched it back to back. Basically, like the entire time. Um he could recite the film's dialogue with the movie, which he did out loud during its final screening in an empty theater. <laughs> Thank God, cuz he would have gotten God. beat up or shot. It's Florida. Uh, That's somebody sure. I would have thrown shit at. Actual shit, not like popcorn and gummy yeah. bears. Shut the fuck up! Oh, okay. As uh, Guinness Book of World Records rules, he had to watch the movie from start to end, no sleeping or bathroom breaks. So 11 of those watches were disqualified because he had to go to the bathroom. So he actually watched it... Dumbass. Um... More than 292 times. He's he actually, I guess, got to 303. But that, that didn't count because of because uh, he had to you know, pee or whatever. No checking his phone. And he had to stay through the credits. So everything, like all the way to the end. Really? Which, I mean, I guess it's fine because Marvel has end credits. But, I mean, still. Um, he then had to hold on to his ticket stub and got a statement from a theater employee confirming that he watched the film. <clears throat> I was going to say if they sent, like, Guinness Book of World Records sent someone with him to watch to make sure he didn't, like, leave and do all this stuff, like, wouldn't that person that was sent to watch him also be part of the reward? 
Like he'll be like, yeah, great, you did it, and then the guy'd be like, fuck you, and go see the movie the exactly, night and be like, Beat yeah, you, that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> he does it one extra time and is like, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> well, but my thing is, is how would they if he, if they didn't send somebody to watch it with him? How would they know he got up and went to the bathroom? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, who who knows? Well, I don't he's even know where to go. Honest, apparently. And has nothing else to do, apparently. Also. He's a moron, apparently. So he, you're correct. So it says here he was the one who watched Endgame 191 times. I was in the Guinness Book of World oh. Records for a little while. At least a project really? I worked on was in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Most, it was the most complex uh, military simulation, and I was on the team that did it. So we weren't, our names weren't listed in the book, but we, cool. our project was. And I didn't even have to watch... <laughs> Spider-Man, nine hundred or two hundred ninety-two times. But you want to, wow. like honestly. <laughs> yeah, me neither. No. Um, he was. I mean, it's a great, great movie, but so he no. watched Endgame one hundred ninety-one times, and then the record holder before, before that belonged to Joanne Connor in Australia, who watched Bohemian Rhapsody a hundred and eight times in early twenty nineteen. Uh, that movie was fine too, but I'm not watching that. Yeah, but I'm I'm not I'm not getting into the double again. digits with that one. Man, I had a great movie watching okay. weekend. I watched that. I watched Godfather. I watched uh, or something else. I finally watched Upload. Which we got to talk you about. Did it not manage to go see the movie. That uh... I couldn't go anywhere. Fine, we believe you. Okay. Let's so thank you, Florida on. man, for watching that movie a thousand times so we could talk about here. Appreciate it. Yeah. And not like <laughs> murdering someone with an alligator. It does also mean that next week I get to talk about the, the lesbian that, that threw a cat at her girlfriend. Ooh. Yeah. Cat was not harmed. Girlfriend, not so much. She, she, had, she was clawed. But anyway. Uh, I'm I saw, going to talk. I, I, we were talking about Florida Man. I did see a meme that I thought was funny. It was, um, it, it was an an idea for uh, like a show or something. Every every Florida Man versus every deadliest creature in Australia. Yes, that was yeah. that was in our chat actually. Right, right, and I love that the first comment underneath it was um, that they would just breed and create an oh, ultimate creature. <laughs> and it probably is that's true. true. That is true. And and the next comment underneath that says, I hate that this is actually a viable option. <laughs> Very true. Oh, Florida yeah. man. Uh, I got a chance to watch Metal Lords on Netflix, uh, which came out last week and I didn't write the date, but um, it is on Netflix. You can find it. Uh, it is directed by Peter Solit and written by D.B. Weiss. Do we know who D.B. Weiss is? That sounds familiar. Who's D.B. Weiss? He's the ah. showrunner of Game of Thrones. And he, uh, and he wrote a bunch uh, of episodes. Uh, he has written a couple other things, too. But uh, it stars uh, Jordan Mar... Jaden Martell. Sorry, I gotta. I shrunk it down too far, and the way I have to stand with this microphone so you actually hear me. Jaden Martell. For, or do you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Jaden Martell, Adrian Greensmith, Isis Hainsworth, Noah Urea, Brett. I didn't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Noah Urea, 
Brett Gelman, Annalisa Fisher, Michelle Mao, uh, Phelan Davis, yeah, Austin. You... What? Oh, go ahead. Go to Joe Manganiello. Austin Huynh, Joe Manganiello. Yeah, it works. Okay. okay. Uh, it is a uh, two friends try to form a heavy metal band with a cellist for Battle of the Bands. Okay, first of all, that description, while it's true, that's like, I figured that the cellist was going to have like more of a part. Like, she has a part, but like the cello is not necessarily a big part of it. Um, this is the typical teenage movie with the kind of nerdy guy and his friend, and they just happen to like metal, and you know, no one else likes metal in their school, that kind of thing. And then there's a girl. I'm going to predict the girl kind of comes between them. <sighs> yes, but there, but there are some twists, and I. I honestly don't know if I like this movie. Interesting. Oh, really? Because I was entertained. And I was going <laughs> to say it to you. not yeah. entertained! <laughs> yeah, I, I was entertained. But the first, my very first thought was that the, be the best friend, which is the Adrian uh, Greensmith guy, he's, he's like this diehard metalhead guy. And he is kind of an asshole to the point of criminal. So, like, you know, like, they'll make, like, the, the buddy, like, and then he has to have his comeuppance, and then he loses all of his friends, and then he kind of comes back crawling on his hands and knees for, like, you know, I'm sorry, I made a mistake kind of thing. But, like, some of the shit that he does is actually really kind of bad. and he Or super douchey. And, like, the... And while that's a little interesting and a little different, there's some of the stuff that he does, you're kind of like, you should be in jail, not begging your friends for help. Like, just, you know, stealing a car and speeding off. I mean, it's his dad's car, but, like, the way he was driving it in a residential area, like, just the the cellist actually has some sort of uh, PTSD-type problem. She's a British actor. She's actually really good. But um, she has, like, I don't know, anxiety or something, and he, like, berates her and, like, messes with her to the point of, like, where it gets her enraged. And it's, so some of that stuff is a little off. The other thing is, it g does a deep dive on metal. And like, so uh, Rob, you're not going to know this quite as much, but like, you know how metalheads, like, right. Omar, you know, like metalheads are like purists, right? So like, there's a, for some reason, every metalhead likes Black Sabbath and Ozzy. Y you right? have to. But after that, yeah. But after that, it's like, you go different directions. It's like, oh, if you like thrash, then you're like, man, the death metal people suck. Or if you like death metal, you're like, oh, those thrash people are just pussies. You know, like, very rarely, especially in a, when you get to people that are, like, super into it, like, you, you won't see all of those together. At least as far as I've seen. Um, so, like, his... There is a lot of metal references in this movie, but, like, his garage where he practices has, like a Van Halen guitar hanging on the wall, which is like the red one with the white stripes. But also posters for like Slayer and Sepultura. Right, like right. Those aren't very heavy that. bands. And it's like, uh... Like, I didn't care. I listened to metal. I listened to alternative. I listened to rap. I just listened to what I liked. But like, I knew for a fact that if I was talking to one of my buddies that listened to Sepultura, I couldn't be like, hey, like... 
I heard the new Pearl Jam song because I was <laughs> going to get a wedgie and tossed off the ble- off the bleachers. Um, so there's a little bit of stuff like that where, like, you don't. It's interesting, but I'm not sure if it's a good idea because of some. Because later on, when I was kind of like, okay, do these people actually know what they're talking about, or were they just kind of doing like a, you know, it'd be like making a country movie, Robin, being like, yeah, well, we got to have a song about a truck and like a dog and a gun. Like it's the it's low. Low. Hanging. They don't know what they're talking about. They just pick the the lowest column, common denominator. Right. But then there's a scene when like Tom Morello, Kirk Hammett, Rob Halford, and uh, one other person shows up. Um. Who's the other person? Oh, and Scott Ian show up. Like, actual, like, members of these bands. Like, show up. I'm like, oh, so this has, like, a pretty decent pedigree. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where it kind of reeled me back in. But the soundtrack is pretty good. The The musicianship of the actors is actually pretty good. Uh, the scene where I didn't, where I really kind of didn't know if I was going to like it so there's like a house band party like early on, and the band is like a kind of an alternative rock. Think uh, early two thousands kind of alternative rock, where it's not quite grunge anymore, and it's just they're just playing okay, like third it. eye blind kind of stuff or whatever. I don't even I don't remember the song. And of course, it's a party at a house. There's some shoving that breaks out, and like one of the some one of the dudes gets pushed through like a keyboard, like it breaks the keyboard in half on the little like X shaped stand. And the guy in the band reaches his hand out to like help the kid up. Like he's being nice. His like his keyboard just got smashed. He's being nice and trying to help the guy and he's trying to help the metalhead kid. And the metalhead kid like slaps. He's like, "You fucking pussy! I hate you!" Like runs out of the place. And I'm like, "This is where it's a little bit of a different movie because usually the person in the other band is they're going to make him an asshole." So it's kind of like trying to wrap my brain around that. It's like, are they doing this on purpose to kind of show that? I don't know, to show that the the main character, one of the main characters, is actually kind of an asshole. So that kind of turned out to be what it was. Mm. Um, the other thing I thought was weird was that Metalhead Kid has some problems with his dad, and his dad actually doesn't seem all that bad. It's played by um, no. Brett Gelman. Do you know who that is? He's like, he's a dude, well, you can see him in the picture and the thing, but he's kind of bald dude with a beard or balding dude with a beard. And he always plays like a twitchy kind of weird dude. Like if there was a group, like he, if there's ever a scene or a movie with like the needs, like a guy that's playing like a mental patient, that's more weird than like dangerous. It's usually this guy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and he plays like a dad who's like a plastic surgeon. He just basically buys his kid everything. But, the kid is supposed to be like an asshole because his parents don't pay attention to him and his dad's a divorcee and he's just go out getting laid and stuff like that. But the dad's kind of not an asshole. The kid's just an asshole to the dad all the time. Mm-hmm. So they never quite show that. Like the only thing the dad does that's kind of stupid is like at one point he like he's talking to his own kid and he's like, yeah, I've got a, a date with a nurse and her tits are real. I didn't even get a chance to do these ones. And it's like, okay, that's awkward, but at this point... The kid has already been an asshole and like stolen his credit card and stolen his car and done all sorts of stuff. So it was a little iffy. Um, I was excited about this this movie. Um, I thought it was a little bit over the top, and I think the ratings fall on IMDb fall in like the sixes. And I think it's about right. It was entertaining. 
Um, it had some good music. It had a few parts you kind of thought were funny. But you question but, whether or not it's any good? Yeah, I think it's only good because there are certain things that remind me of, like, my early metal days. Like the writing a list of your favorite bands and being like, oh, I should listen to these guys. Like, that kind of stuff I love. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't live that life, and then you're going to be like, oh, this is stupid. Um, there, Yeah, that's about it. There's not much. Uh, the girl is really good, the cello player. She she has a pretty decent pedigree of acting. Um, the two kids are pretty good. Actually, I think the, the Jaden kid is um, was also a child actor in something else that he was pretty good in. So he's not. He has pretty decent um, acting background too. But um, if you liked metal back in the day, and you want to be a little bit annoyed at a movie, then, then watch that. <laughs> Everyone wants to be a little annoyed at a movie. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, there you go, metal lords. Am I next? Please. Sure. Well, Dumbledore takes Manhattan. I was able to run out this weekend and see Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Now, I I don't know. Oh, uh, sorry. Get... The kid the kid is Bill Denbro from It. That's how he's also in Knives Out. So he's, okay. he's in. Oh, cool. Sorry. Okay. I mean, I Continue. don't know how you guys feel about the Fantastic Beasts movies, but I've enjoyed them. I. It's a it's a continuation of the Harry Potter world that I that I have enjoyed. Admittedly, I I loved all of the Harry Potter movies, but this is this is the the prequel series that is basically a younger Dumbledore, and it focuses kind of around Newt Scamander, who is the world's premier magizoologist, and apparently he's really the only uh, magizoologist. So. Um, but it was released April 15th of 2022. It's directed by David Yates and it does star again, Jude Law as Dumbledore. Mads Mikkelsen replaces Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald. Eddie Redmayne returns as Newt Scamander. You've also got Catherine Watterson, uh, Poppy Corby Tooch, Maja Bloom, Ezra Miller, Paul, <laughs> Paul Lohang, um, <laughs> Allison Sudol, Callum Turner, Richard Coyle, Dan Fogler is back as Jacob Kowalski, and we've also got Jessica Williams. The synopsis is Albus Dumbledore assigns Newt and his allies with a mission related to the rising power of Grindelwald. <clears throat> Basically, Grindelwald has manipulated his way into being cleared of all wrongdoing in his um it, uh, in the quote unquote crimes of Grindelwald. So he he has been he has been cleared by the courts by the by the magical courts and has decided to run for office of I don't even remember it was like like the magical president or some shit I don't even know it was it was a very important election and he entered it and and there was this plan to get him elected uh Dumbledore and his his cronies are trying to stop it because they know that he's uh not a great guy. And and it's all about the the cloak and dagger stuff that's going on to try and prevent Grindelwald from having this coup, this takeover of the government, so to speak. Um 
I, I actually really enjoyed the movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, Jen and I went and saw it. She liked it a lot. Um, it is it is it my favorite, uh, like Harry Potter style movie? No, not really. But it it was definitely entertaining. They had some really good uh, wizard battles in this one. Um, the bad guys are probably akin to stormtroopers meaning that they couldn't hit a wall with a spell. Um, yeah, so they, they're kind of incompetent, but it was, it was very entertaining. Um, Jacob Kowalski ended up getting a wand, and it was, it was cute. It was a nice touching moment, and, you know, Queenie and Jacob are back together, and that was, that, that was a, a nice touch at the end there. I all in all, I mean, the movie was really enjoyable. We had a lot of fun. It's I if you're a fan of the Harry Potter movies, I I would recommend it. Um, if you're not a fan, you probably weren't planning on seeing it anyway. I uh, I've seen the first two. First one I saw in the theater. Second one I the didn't. Fantastic Beasts or the Harry Potter one. I've seen all of the Harry Potter ones in the theater. Oh, okay. um, Fantastic piece. I saw the first one in the theater. Second one, I didn't. A um, couple little things. I Eddie Redmayne, I don't always understand what he's saying. And no, then, and uh, I think that's part of the character. I think that's Newt's character. Yeah, it's character. not. Yeah, okay, the character. So Newt, I guess it's not really necessarily Eddie Redmayne because I've seen him talk and I understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But it's that takes me a little out of it. I like I've seen the first one multiple times because I keep on forgetting that I've seen it. Mm. That's not and, a great and sign. Harry Potter that world is mm-hmm. a great world to listen to on like a cold or to listen to to like go to on like a cold day here. Yeah. Like I'll if it's cold and grayish, I will t- tend to open up the doors of my house cuz it's never going to be that cold in Florida and put on a Harry Potter movie regardless of which one. And it fits. Yeah. So that that was that one. I think I've only seen the second one for like one time, and I don't remember it at all. Um, and then, so I'm, I'm, I kind of want to see the third one, but I I didn't feel the need to rush. I don't. I don't think you need to rush. Um, I will say that this one feels like it wrapped up. Newt's commander's role. So I, I feel like this this trilogy kind of wrapped up the, the whole story with Newt's commander. And I think from here on out, the story will focus solely on Dumbledore and Grindelwald. If they, if they do more, which I, I imagine they will. I imagine there'll be more to it. But I think it'll focus more on Dumbledore and Grindelwald than it did on Newt's commander. Because one of the reasons that Dumbledore had to had to work through Newt Scamander was because he was prevented from acting against Grindelwald and Grindelwald was prevented from acting against him based upon a uh, a blood bargain that they had made when they were younger you know they kind of tied their blood together and if they even thought about harming the other one or or acting against the other one um it would you know cause them pain or you know kind of backfire or whatever um that has you know i i'm spoiling everything from the movie here that that has that is no longer an issue um and thus i think 
uh, Newt Scamander's role is going to continue to diminish if he's even if he even plays a significant role in the other movies. Because I, I really like the side of the world that's like Queenie and the other the human dude and all that. Like Jacob. I like those characters. Queenie yeah, like I like that. Kowalski. Yeah, of it. like the the. If you like those characters, you'll like this movie. I think. The movie uh, grabs my attention more on that side. And even those parts of the movie are what I remember seeing. Like the, the kiss in the rain and mm-hmm. like... And it's it's weird because shop, while, kind of stuff. while uh, Newt is supposed to be the focal point of the movie, um, it really seems like they they leaned way too heavily on Dumbledore to carry the movie through because there's... Even though it's it's quote unquote Newt's movies, the the focus is without question Dumbledore, and the scene stealer is without question Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler is Jacob Kowalski. Every time he's on screen, he draws the attention. He he is the the lovable goof in this series, and he plays that role so well. He's great. And what's that? He's awesome. Like I, he was. He's also on. Uh... The Goldbergs too. Yeah, the, he's he's been in a couple. Ne'er do well, like brother-in-law or uncle. He was great. also in that in that movie where they were um, they were trying to get their their sick friend to see the the Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he he's been in oh, a I couple of things, and he's he's really good. Um, but he he absolutely just steals steals the scenes that he's in in these movies. Um. And you know, I if if you like if you like Jacob and Queenie, you'll like this movie because it, it they do have some really great scenes. Oh, that's right, he was in Balls of Fury. Yes, yeah, that movie I was thinking of was Fanboys, but yeah, he he was in Balls of Fury with uh, Christopher Walken. When you were talking about Newt not being in this much, I, for some reason I thought you were going to say full frontal nudity. Ah, no. <laughs> and oh, I, hope, and I was desperately hoping that you were going to say it so I could make it the title of the episode. <laughs> and I might just do it anyway. <laughs> you you totally should because that is a great friggin' title. That's really full funny. frontal nudity. And I was like, full frontal. I thought you were because you said it's it. He said something about it being fully about Newt or something like that. And I was like, did you say fully nude? I'm like, no, he didn't. Damn it. Well, it's happening. There you go. We just named the episode because I said so. <laughs> Fair enough. Full frontal nudity. So yeah, it, the the movie doesn't really focus on Newt, um, but J- Jacob's role in this movie is great. I I really really like Dan Fogler as the character Jacob Kowalski. Super lovable. It you just you just feel for the guy. And he's currently on The Walking Dead. I forgot about that too, which is actually really good right now. No, no one talks about The Walking Dead anymore, but it's actually been—it's closing out strong. I haven't seen it since season seven. Yeah. Which season when was the, that? It's when when um, what's his name with the bat shows up and he kills. Oh, off Negan. Like, yeah, I watched a sh- little bit longer than that. I I got to the point I think where Carl died. Yeah, I didn't see that. I when and, he kills. So like two of the main characters. Yeah, Glenn and Abraham. Yeah, Glenn, that's right. Yep. And I was like, okay, okay. Spoilers, uh, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. Moving on. 
So now you guys have to talk about a movie I haven't seen yet. So it is going to be spoilers. So as we promised last week, Omar, uh-huh. um, we're going to discuss a little bit more about a movie that you went to go see because Greg was a little punk and just didn't go see it. What um, movie was but I, I convinced to you? What's that? What was I supposed to see? Everything, everywhere, all at once. No, I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't see that. You are a punk. <laughs> I did go see it. Yes. I know you did. Yes, I did. Um, why don't you give us a recap on what you thought of it? Um, I I thought this movie was amazing. I it, this might be my surprise hit of the year. Um. I, I didn't know what to expect when I went into this movie, but from the get-go, I was, I was drawn in, and it, it may have had a lot to do with the fact that I recognized Data like two minutes into the movie, but um, what, what was it that you, because I talked about it a little bit last week, what was it that you, you know, that stood out to you? I want to hear what you thought of it. Well, we I, um, okay, so I went into it with basically zero knowledge of what I was walking into. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what I mean? I mean, I, under, I knew there was like some multiverse component. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's, that's all I knew. So I was very surprised by, the, by how they presented the, the, the characters' you know, lives, like in the laundromat and everything, you know? That, that mm-hmm. very much surprised me. I did not expect that. I didn't expect the whole IRS thing. Um, I really liked... I thought it was interesting, and this is major spoiler coming. Uh, I mean, is it? I guess it's kind of. So, the, the, the title of the movie, Everything, Everywhere, and All at Once, those are the three acts of the movie. Yeah. Basically, so at one point there's this Michelle Yeoh sitting at a at a desk in her in her office with just you know overwhelming amounts of paper and disorganization, and it just goes boom, and then it says part one, everything, and I was like, oh shit, okay, that's cool. I like how they did that, and they go through with it. They do that again for part two, which is called everywhere, and part three is very very minimal at the end, all at once. I thought that was cool. I liked some of those storytelling things that they did in the movie, like quirky, interesting, different ways of presenting a, a film. I thought that was very interesting, and I, I enjoyed that, and I, I like the filmmaker's imagination um, in that regard. And, and I, like, I liked that they kind of took our hand and led us through this movie and they started out just kind of giving us a little taste and they you know they kind of they kind of navigated us through this story kind of slowly at first yeah and then towards the second act it's like it's picking up steam a little bit and by the time you get to the third act shit it has gone batshit crazy and everything is just off the wall bonkers and I loved every damn minute of it. I was like, and it, and it wasn't, and and I think it worked because they didn't do the whole movie as batshit crazy. They kind of just, they kind of just 
slowly brought you into it. And then by the time you got to the end, you were like, let's fucking do this, man. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, it's interesting. Be- the, the, the movie builds. You're right. But what I noticed is, okay, so here, look, the first thing I'm going to say is, this is definitely a movie that you've got to watch more than once. Oh, absolutely. There is so much to unpack in this movie. I don't even think we're going to cover I mean, we're not going to cover it all. I, I no. have no doubt about that. I mean, there's just so much here. There's so much going on. Um, and, there, and you're right. There's, there's an incredible amount to unpack. Um, one of the, you know, a couple of things that st- struck out, s- stuck out to me is the act two, you know, the everywhere act. Mm-hmm. Um, it was too much chaos for too long. Really? Like, yeah. Like it just wouldn't, it never settled. It built nicely, you know, like at the, in the IRS office and he's got his fanny pack and he mm-hmm. uses it as a, you know, nunchucks and shit. That was cool. Um, but then once act two starts and it all kicks in and you find out who the, you know, bad guy is, I'll use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally, uh, full disclosure, okay, it went on so long and so intensely, and I was kind of like super comfortable in those big chairs, I literally fell asleep at one point. Really? Uh-huh. I did not have that problem. It I was, was fully engaged. It was just movie. all chaos for so long, and my thought was like... This is just not settling in. The absurdity doesn't stop, right? So, like, Teresa had to, like, literally woke me up. Like, I was, like, snoring a little bit. Um, And it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just that it was so much, so, so full blast that I was just like, well, what's happening in the story? Like, everything, then it got so absurd. Now there's, like, a bagel. With everything, mm-hmm. right? With everything on it. With everything, everything on it. in the universe. Correct. But I, but it, but it, it was it, the absurdity ramps up so quickly that you're just kind of like, wait, what? It like almost took me out of it. But yeah. I also, it, full disclosure, I'm, I'm, I'm also realizing that you know I haven't seen it many times. I also didn't look into the background of the movie or tried to get what what they were talking about. But a big chunk of the movie was basically just the theme is basically the world is just an existential nightmare. And we have to deal with it. Like that was what I got out of it. And that's that's not ultimately how it ends up, but <clears throat> that was the you know, again I'll use the phrase bad guy. That was the bad guy's whole thing. And see I I viewed this movie as being about relationships. It, it is because, ultimately, yes. Because it, ultimately it comes back and it's about the the relationship that the mom has with a daughter. It's about the relationship that mom has with the dad. It's about the relationship that the daughter has with the grandpa. Correct. I mean, it the movie focuses and kind of centers and brings everything back to the family relationships and and for it to be so 
batshit crazy in the middle and at the end to bring it back and to tie it in to this message of 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 you know fostering these relationships within the family i thought was really well done no it was it was it was but see going through the movie the first time i'm putting myself in the position of being halfway you know 60% of the way into the movie and the bad guy i'm just using the phrase bad guy um, the villain the villain is gets into their motivation and they're like you know it doesn't matter nothing matters and none of it matters when and i understood what they were saying in the sense that there's all these multiverses and every every multiverse has its own thing what does it matter none of it really matters it's you're all just different versions of a whatever living living a different life and and who cares ultimately you're just gonna die and i was like yeah okay i get that it's like the existentialism of you know life and death right but it also brings it back correct and and makes it makes it makes it about what's it all about it's about those around you. It's about the it's people about that you your, exactly. It's about the people you love. Yes. It's about the people um, that you care about, and and that I, I I thought it was just really well done how they tied that in, and that's what I was getting at last week when I was talking about how there was a lot of action in the movie, but I wouldn't really classify it as an action movie. It's not an action movie. I don't think of it as as an action movie either. I agree with that. There's some kick-ass action. There's. And and uh, did you recognize the scene when it got there that I told you about last week? Correct. Uh, that's why I said kick-ass action. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I loved that scene. That scene was probably the height of ridiculousness in this movie. And it was so hilarious. I was dying. Well, a lot of people in the theater, yeah, scene, yeah, a lot of people in the theater, including myself. Um, I mean, we were both laughing at that, and the scene where, like, in slow mo, Mm -hmm. I don't think we should give it away because it's so funny. But in slow motion, the main, you know, Michelle Yeoh is trying to stop, just trying to prevent it, trying to prevent it from happening, and then out of nowhere, this dude, in what I thought was a really funny interpretation of like a slow motion action like like uh something that would like something that would be used in an action movie to like signify this like badass move but Mm -hmm. in the context of what the guy's doing it's so funny and the so ridiculous and it's so ridiculous plus if you look whoever they got has to to act that dude that actor was Mm -hmm. so funny because his face was pure serious yeah. There was no, it, this was. There was no, hey, this the, is a gag. No, You're going to love this. He was, he owned it, man. He was in that fight. He, that was it. And when he comes slow motion, like toward the camera. <laughs> he was. And his face is Omar, just. Omar. Oh. Omar. Yep. Omar. He was all in. Yeah. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well God. said, Senor. Love it. Yeah, good one. It certainly was all in. 
<laughs> you are 100% correct. Um, and but then, the but, ensuing fight scene was just marvelous. Uh, <laughs> right, and, and think about it. That scene, uh, minus this little yeah. piece of ridiculousness, was a badass fight scene. It was. It was a badass fight scene. Um, but that's one of the other things about the movie that at times took me out of it. The absurdity of some of the things that you had to do to connect with your multiverse counterparts. So you have to do... Well, and, but, they, but they explained that. They do explain it. They do. They explained that the more ridiculous the action, the stronger the connection. Correct. So like you... And every ridiculous... And it was something that that wouldn't... That you wouldn't normally do that would cause the connection for you to be able to link their experiences to yours and be able to access you know, their abilities or whatever. Correct. So like he does the paper cuts at first and you're just like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Why are you, what's with the paper cuts? And then, and then the he fly. explains it. Right. Right. Um, but then they go into the different multiverses and they're so ridiculous. You made a comment the, last week during the episode uh-huh. when we were talking about this and you just randomly at the beginning of our episode last week, just made this wild comment about hot dog fingers. <laughs> and I, was I was wondering like, if anyone was gonna catch it. I I did. I I mean, I heard it, and I was like, "What the hell? What? what? And then I was like, "Okay, I get it. Okay, <laughs> now I get it. Uh, you know." Uh, and that it was so gross. It was. It <laughs> really was. But it was. It was so ridiculous, and I right. loved it. Loved it. But it's so weird because the movie, the absurdity of the movie, like when with the scene with the rocks. Mm-hmm. It it just and the googly eyes and the googly eyes and everything. It just I'm gonna it just you. but it but for me it just took and not and I, this isn't in a bad way. This movie is excessively not excessively. It's extremely creative. It's very mm-hmm. well thought out. It's a very smart movie. Like I'm not taking yeah. anything away from it. I'm just saying for me, all of a sudden it was a little much. There's the scene. There's a scene where there's two rocks and it's completely quiet. And you're like, what the. What? What is going? What's going on? And my brain is kicking into overtime trying to figure out what's happening, you know. And it does it does get explained, but but th- that takes it out. That takes me out of the movie. But, yeah. See, when I was watching that, and when she got to that point, that was when I was like, okay, she kind of broke it. She broke it, and she's been sent to this to this world where there's literally nothing going on, and she, broke she had to. The the whole the whole um dimension jumping. Oh, oh, okay. That she she's been she's she's done something, she broke it, she ended up here where, you know, they're just rocks. And nobody's moving, nobody's and, and that kind of like slowed everything down like almost immediately. Like somebody slammed on the brakes. Yep. And she had to she had to come to some realization so that she could get control back and could continue doing, you know, what she was doing for the movie. Um, so that, that was actually how I read that scene. Well, and it's interesting because the movie with all of its absurdities, mm-hmm. that scene for what it was, I, like, I bet if you counted the minutes, it, it was probably just a couple of minutes, but for what it was and how it was being presented was absurdly long. Like they did a good job of making that scene important. Because it was important. Well, and I was going to say, but that's that's because 
that's where a lot of the realizations yeah. came through yeah. for the mom and the daughter. Yeah. That was that was a very a, I mean it, it may have been scene. jarring but it was a very important scene and it all happened via subtitles. Yeah. Because rocks can't talk. Can't, they can't talk. <laughs> but it th- this is a movie that I am definitely gonna watch again. Oh, it's it 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 is one that I could very easily watch again. This but, is one of those ones that it, I feel that this is a movie that you'll probably pick up on things on something new every time you watch it. Agreed. But I'm also going to make sure that I research some of the f- filmmakers' ideas, mm-hmm. like where what they where they're coming from. Like that scene, by the way, with the rocks is um apparently from an old from an old book, like an old children's book. Okay. Um, Then they also get into, there's more than one reference to the movie Ratatouille. (laughs) I was going to mention that. I loved all, all of that interaction. The the raccoon Tui or raccoon or whatever it was that she called it. She thought the, the, the movie Ratatouille was with raccoons, but it was, but but wasn't it in another multiverse? There was in, and there was another multiverse that, and it was it was kind of like an offhanded comment during the movie, and then they actually used it as an alternate universe Correct. where there was a raccoon controlling some chef, like in Ratatouille. Super interesting. And she discovered the raccoon, and then the raccoon was like, "You have to kill her." <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh yeah, the raccoon gets all dark. He's like, "She has to be stopped." Um, I I I also liked. One thing that I don't want to really give away. But I liked... Uh, how do I say this without... There's an important point about the daughter. Mm-hmm. There's an important point about the daughter and her relationship. Mm-hmm. And later on in the movie, it, it kind of comes out, so to speak. And are you talking about her relationship with her mother or no. her, her significant other? Significant other. Okay. And I like the I like the reaction at the end. The daughter's reaction? Nope. Okay. The person that finds out. Hmm. Cuz the the mom Michelle Yeoh is trying to keep that relationship under wraps mm-hmm. the whole time. You talking about Grandpa? Correct. Okay. And I liked his, if I recall correctly, the reaction was very, very sweet. Oh, no. See, I thought the reaction was just confused. Like, he never got it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I... I, I, I Maybe I have to. Maybe that's another one of those things that I need to rewatch because again, there was so much going on. Right. But I took it as like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, like he, like he accepted her. Yeah. No, I, I, I took it as he was just repeating the word because he didn't understand what she meant. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I'd have to go back and look at that too. All right. Interesting point. Okay. But. What I didn't like was I didn't like the daughter's reaction 
when mom confronted grandpa because i was like well isn't this what you want isn't this what yeah do? isn't this what you've been complaining yeah, in about the, in the first place i don't under i don't understand why you're upset this this part did and that was the one part that didn't make sense to me i was like well now now wait a minute isn't this are, or are you just that that bratty child who wants to bitch and moan about everything that mom does no matter what exactly mom right. can't do anything right because you're you know you're in the rebellious phase or whatever right um yeah no overall super interesting and overall i i do think i would watch it again with Re a lot really more background well it's it's a great movie and I would highly recommend that anybody who's curious about it, check it out. Because what, I think you'll like it. What I do really like also is the, the amazing amount of creativity. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the filmmaking style, in the storytelling, the story yeah. itself. So I think the directors who the are... The actors themselves were amazing. The actors themselves were amazing. And I'm saying like the writing and the directing. So the, 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 the directors are known as the Daniels. Um, I'm very interested in what other things they're going to come out with, you know, in the future. Like they definitely have my attention and probably the attention of a lot of movie, movie fans. Because it's a really far out concept and it's a very far out way of telling a story. Um, right. I, think, I, I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, like overall, yeah. <clears throat> so that's everything, everywhere, all at once. Again, for the second week in a row, go check it out if you haven't. If you're at all curious about it, go check it out. So it, Omar and I both really enjoyed it. Like I said, it is probably my surprise movie of the year. It it might even make my my top five for the year. We'll see. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Omar's not willing to commit to that. No, yes, I, it, I mean it's clever. It's very clever. It's very well done. I'd I'd have to. This is one of those movies that I'm gonna have to give it another viewing or two, to let it really sink in. Mm. But I do, I do give you know kudos to its creativity and the and like the writing, the filmmaking. Absolutely. It's 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 I hear Omar still talking very good. so Rob didn't murder him. And isn't it amazing, Rob, how like everybody dies at the end? I did yeah. not see that God. coming. Damn it. Really Oh weird. shit. Sorry, Greg. Uh, hey buddy. Hey. Hi, Greg. Hey. <laughs> didn't see you there, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, they all die. <laughs> Fair. That's fair. Like my hopes and dreams, all the characters die. <laughs> um, well, I guess that takes us out of everything, everywhere, all at mm -hmm. once. Yep. I hope it was worth the conversation. Conversation, good, Rob. I know you were looking forward to it. I, I or, think it was. I think it was. Omar and I had a decent conversation yep. about it. Mm -hmm. He enjoyed the movie. Um, he had some some uh, thoughts that that uh, he had some feelings about it that I didn't have. But, um, you know, namely, he fell asleep during the movie, but that's a I whole... think it was because he was overstimulated. <laughs> and my age-addled brain couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. It was too late for him. He needed to go home and have a 
Pecan Sandy some more milk and watch his pictures. Watch a, <laughs> Pecan uh, Sandy. Oh, my God. No, but those are good, watch though. Watch Murder, She Wrote, and Drift Off to Sleep. <laughs> murder, She Wrote. Uh, All right, guys. I think that's going to take us into our question for this week. And, you know, with everything, with everything that we've talked about, I think that one of the questions that we should look at doing is I want to know your top five times that a sidekick or side character, if you will, from a movie has stolen the show from Star. This is a good one. I, and it's I, an interesting one. I had a lot of fun going through some stuff for this one. Now, the byproducts of these questions is sometimes there's the little, like, okay, what do you, like, what do you consider stealing the show? Is it, you know, if it's, is it like a Sherlock thing where Watson is actually solving most of the cases or being, you know, or is it the most entertaining person or character or animal, that kind of thing? So it'll be, it's always interesting to see right. how we break things down. I, I went with most entertaining. I went with the ones who, who I actually ended up liking far more than the, uh, than the main character. Gotcha. So, I'm going to go... Uh, I can start first, as usual. We do right. have a voicemail as well. Ooh. And we also have a large lack of Omar, because we, we do record the question on a different night. So, I will, I will be hopping on later with Omar. You will be hopping on Omar later? I will. I will. Um, so, I, I'm going to start off with uh, Cato. From the Green Hornet, and that is a bunch of different iterations, but of course, Bruce okay. Lee. Yep. Bruce Lee uh, did parlay that into superstardom, even though he did not like being the uh, the sidekick at that point. He definitely had a much higher opinion of himself. Uh, number four, I'm going with, uh, and I think we discussed this beforehand, so you probably have the same general idea, the, the Disney sidekick animals, because mm -hmm. it's almost like they've got a template. And yeah. you get yeah. uh, wonderful characters, and the ones I wrote down, and we have probably some of the same ones, but you probably have a few more. Um, Doug, Maximus, Sebastian, the the raccoon from Pocahontas, like all of them are like, the characters are good, but the stuff that makes the Disney movies eminently watchable is the cute little antics from the little critters and friends. Without question. Like, you can't, like, that's what's selling the stuffed animals. Um, that's my number four. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with Spock. Okay, I think that you know Spock is was technically supposed to be the lo the logical one and the one that's not quite as personable. And uh, everybody loves Spock, but everyone loves Spock, and everyone does the, the Spock thing. Is that is that was that um, Vulcan racist? There? Live long. I can only do it with my right hand. I can I can't really do that with my left hand. Um, so Spock's my number three. Uh, this might be because of something I'm just watching, but. Uh, about that. Wow, look at you. I believe that means you're what, bisexual? Yes. No, ambidextrous. That's what there. That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh number two. Uh probably because of something I'm watching right now. I think I'm gonna go with Gollum. Oh solid choice. Because I, like I am actually on the point of uh two towers where Gollum is hanging out with the hobbits and having some of those those things where he's like arguing with himself and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for that time period, it was brilliantly done. That's my number two. But number one, with an assist... Oh, I didn't do my, my honorable mention. I gotta do my honorable mention. Do your honorable mention. My honorable we, mention we says not a word. We honorable mentions before the number one, so go ahead. Yeah, uh, my honorable mention is... Uh, 
I made that. Never says a word. Wilson. Hmm. Yep. I believe people actually cried when Wilson floated away. I think that's entirely Spoiler, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But my number uh, one is going to be uh, Mona Lisa, who is Marissa Tomei's character in... Uh, I almost said Weekend at Vinny's, but that is not the right movie. But I'd see that movie. <laughs> I would watch that movie, sir. I think we should pitch my, that to the studio. My cousin Vinny. God, I um, love that movie, too. That's such a great movie. Yeah. That's a good, oh, like you're about to go to bed and it just happens to be on type movie. So, oh, oh yeah. Well, no, uh, that's not that's not a great situation because I end up not going to bed. Ah. I end up watching the movie. So uh, that's that. The could this could this car have made these tire marks? No, that scene is fantastic. The defense is wrong. Are you sure? I'm positive. Love the, that. The scene. actor that played what is he? The other attorney. Um. Oh, the, the the stuttering attorney. No, the. I know he, he uses a very thick southern accent. He just oh. died recently. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um. And, like, I hated him from that point on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so that would be my number one. Uh, we do have a listener Ooh. that brought one in. So it'd be a, um, a patron and listener. I've not heard it yet. So. Hey, Give Me Five Podcast. It's Alec. Hope everyone's doing well. Top five sidekicks that steal the show. Um, let's see. Honorable mention, I have Joe Pesci and Lethal Weapon 2. I think he's really great in that Leo movie Getz. and yep. kind of steals it. Uh, doesn't really have much use in the sequels, but that movie I thought he was great. Uh, number five, I have the genie from Aladdin, the voice by Robin Williams. Obviously, I think that's one of the biggest examples. The movie's called Aladdin, but nice. the genie mm-hmm. definitely steals the show uh, and is the main reason to see the movie. Number four might be a bit more controversial. I have Chewbacca from Star Wars. <gasps> I'm the biggest Star Wars fan as you guys are, but I do enjoy the original trilogy quite a bit. And Chewbacca is my favorite part of it, so I figured I'd give him that. Number three, Short Round from Temple of Doom. Okay. Uh, K. Hu Kwan, I believe. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. He's amazing in that movie. As a kid, I, you know, we wanted to be, that's who we wanted to be in that movie. Even was Data? What do you mean? Kid yet to be along on the adventure. Um, and I thought he was the best part of that movie. I can't wait to see everything all at once. I, I know that he's in that thanks to what I've read in this podcast as well. Uh, number two. Kind of a different type of sidekick, but I think this works. It's Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Uh, Ghost. Uh, Patrick Swayze, uh, obviously, is the lead character and has to recruit her to talk to the to the you know, Demi Moore for him. Molly, and she's amazing in that movie. She won an Oscar for the movie, but it's more than that. I just think she's she's a great sidekick, and you kind of want to see you know more about her than you do anybody else in the movie. And number one is another one that's not quite traditional, but it's Don Cheadle. And Devil in a Blue Dress. I'm not sure if you saw that movie, but it was a Denzel movie Enough. from 1995. He plays a private eye. Don Cheadle is his hothead kind of friend that uh, comes in to help, and he is electric in this movie. Every scene he's in is boogie, amazing. Boogie, boogie. He actually steals the movie from Denzel, which uh, isn't always easy to do, and it's my favorite sidekick type role. So that's my list. Hope you like it. Can't wait to hear yours. Thanks. Bye. All right, Alex. Strong list. Strong, strong list. When he said Don Cheadle, I thought he was going to be going like Iron Man too. Mm-hmm. Well, that leaves you until you know Omar is done doing whatever it is that Omar is doing. Cool. Um. 
All right, so I'll go ahead and start with my honorable mention. Because I, I've got one that's an honorable mention simply because it's the same character from another movie, but it's different. And I don't know that, that he stole the show in the first movie, but in the second movie, he had some of my favorite scenes. But that's because he was so much more adorable in the second movie. I wasn't in any movies. No, you were not. However, Baby Groot was. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's only an honorable mention on my list. I also have Danny from Hot Fuzz as an honorable mention. Do you remember Danny from Hot Fuzz? I gotta see that movie again. It's, it's been it's so a, long. It's such a good movie, though. Have you ever fired two guns in the air whilst diving? <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. And his obsession with the movie Point Break was hilarious. Um, My number five. Individually, they could be higher on the list, but this was something that Greg and I talked about. The any all, Pretty much any animated film, you've got a sidekick who who will overshadow the main character, I think, or who steals the show. Um, so, like, that's Disney movies, that's Universal movies, because you've got Donkey with Shrek, the Minions in Despicable Me, um, Dory from Finding Nemo, you've got Mushu and Mulan, you've got uh, uh, the Genie from Aladdin, Timon and Pumbaa. So, I mean, it, Maximus from Tangled, Greg loved Maximus. Um, pretty much any... Any animated film you go to is going to have that situation where the side character kind of like steals steals the scene, if not the show. At number four, it was a movie that I didn't really like all that much. However, this duo was far more entertaining than a lot of the stuff that was happening on the screen because I couldn't friggin' stand Dante. He was such a douchebag. Jay and Silent Bob. That was that was on my big paper list. Jay and Silent Bob is my number four. My number three. I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. Oh, that's a good one. Barf from Spaceballs is my number three. My number two, I think somebody probably knew that this was going to be on my list somewhere. Because, yes, it is my favorite movie. And yes... There are at least three scenes where Inigo, Fezzik, and Vincini all steal the show. The sword fight on top of the battle of, on top of the cliffs of insanity, the test of strength with Fezzik, and the battle of wits. Absolutely loved every one of those scenes. They're they're my favorite scenes in the movie, and those three, and even the two afterwards, just kind of steal the show. But my number one, do you have any guesses as to who my number one is, Greg? I know I told you that while I was looking through this, this, this character was not mentioned very often. But in my opinion, it is one of the best roles that this person has ever acted. It stole, it, in my opinion, it stole the entire movie because this character is literally the main thing that I remember from this movie. 
And the movie is really good. I have no idea. If I narrow it down, you're gonna get it instantly. Okay. You wanna you wanna you wanna you wanna sure. test that theory? Yeah. The Western. The Western. Uh came out in the nineties. Is it from Unforgiven? No. Oh, is I know it is. It's uh is it uh it's Val Kilmer. Doc right. Holiday in Tombstone. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, he stole that movie. And in it's it is my it is literally my favorite Val Kilmer role because he my, was my, my latent germophobia has it makes that movie very hard for me to watch with the constant coughing up of blood. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he, his role in that movie is so iconic for me and I it, it was it was perfect for the movie. I don't know how historically accurate it was. Would you say that he's your Huckleberry? He definitely is. My Yes. You're a daisy if you do. Interesting that there was so many so much variety. Yeah. So that is my list. Alright, Omar, give us your bullshit. Alright, guys, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Um you guys know how to get in touch with us. You know, reach out, tell us who your five favorite uh scene stealing sidekicks are. We wanna know. And remember, like I always say, practice makes pancakes. I heard something today. Uh, Jen and I watch a YouTuber, uh, Mr. Ball, and he does like horror stories. He was talking today about something that he used to do when he was younger. And he would survive on uh, Oreo sleeve cereal. Is that, is that, is that what it sounds like? A sleeve of Oreo and milk? It is, it is a bowl full of a sleeve of Oreos and like a quarter of a gallon of milk. Dear God. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm not so old that that sounds absolutely disgusting because I'm like, you know, I kind of want some Oreos now. <laughs> yeah, no, I respect that. I, I definitely, he put some thought into that. Mm-hmm. That is a, an unbelievable amount of sugar. Oh, yeah. I, can, I, I think I just got a cavity from that story. Oh. And yet, I still want Oreos. <laughs> One or two. Double stuff. Dude, I, I am not going to lie. When I get Oreos and I sit down with a glass of milk, I definitely consume more than one or two Oreos with that glass of milk. Absolutely. I look down and like an entire row of the Oreos is gone and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> well, they're delicious. <laughs> they really are. God, I love okay. Oreos. <laughs> I'm stopping and then we got to figure out the question or, or someone can figure out the question.